This is the Beige and the Bold, and today we're watching Remember Me. I'm Ben Velding, and I've been trapped in this static warp bubble since it originally aired. And I'm Derek, and this is my first time being strapped in this static warp bubble. You ready? Yup. Three, two, one, engage. This is this is a really underrated episode. You know, I can so, see that. Yeah. It you know looking at. Uh, Netflix, you know, when they talk about like alternate realities, it seems kind of hokey, like it doesn't belong as a Star Trek episode. Um, but um, I guess, I guess, considering it's like a, a multi-dimensional reality, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah, they kind of are. Yeah, Beverly has just a slew of like old people that she's friends with. Um, He's her mentor. What, what, I think, what I think is interesting is like he's like thanks O'Brien and like look O'Brien's like all right back to work but I don't know what he's doing <laughs> like <laughs> I imagine his entire day is is just filled with maybe about 10 or five minutes of work and then what does he do like even if he has like a three hour day like what's the rest of that time filled with well first off I want to plug I think it's chief O'Brien at work.com it has, it's uh-huh. a webcomic called chief O'Brien at work which answers that in a comedic fashion. Where it's <laughs> well, I mean, I guess, I guess I'm not the only one uh, to have such a question. I guess I'm in good yeah. company. It is. I, you know, for, for naval purposes, from my perspective, um, you have, I believe it's called a quarter deck, right? Because you pull up to a port, you put out a ladder yeah. uh, or a gangplank, and people walk along it, and you have a guy who's up there kind of checking everything to make sure that the right people are coming on board and going ashore. Yeah, it makes sense. Um but you don't man that post when you're underway, obviously. Yeah. So, you know, they may be like, oh, Chief O'Brien, you're doing, you know, systems maintenance on deck 37. And O'Brien's like, we got to go down to the planet. And Jordy's like, hey, Chief O'Brien, get to the transport room. He's got to Yeah, run like up. he's always like, ready. Like he is always, anytime they, they have some sort of weird malfunction or like someone is attacking them and they need to beam someone aboard before the ship explodes, like he is right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... Maybe he runs diagnostics. Maybe he handles social media for the enterprise. Yeah, I like to. I like to imagine that he kind of like has like hotkeys, um, <laughs> where, where like he's really just chilling in his room, and when they like buzz him, he just like has like this auto transport feature that gets him like from his room to behind the behind like the desk with like his uniform already put on. Like yeah. it just like auto gets put on like once it materializes. Yeah, like it's just like power user transporter tactics. <laughs> exactly. I like it. I uh, noticed that Dr. Crusher doesn't have a coat here. Yeah, yeah, that's true. She she does normally have kind of that coat thing. Yeah. So um, <laughs> that's going to be weird, right? He's like, all right, I'm going to let this nerd do some things with the warp drive. And you just hear it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, was that supposed to happen? No, it wasn't. Was that a giant <laughs> all right, flash stop what you're doing. Just stop everything. <laughs> Wesley, what part of space time did you break? None, Jordy, I swear. <laughs> yeah. The travel hasn't showed up yet, so everything should be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like, but I mean, I guess in a post-scarcity world, how do you determine, like, how valuable something is? Like, you know how normally, like, it's like, listen, that's a, a $10 million piece of equipment. Be careful. Like, I mean, I mean, what do you, what do you say? <laughs> you, you get a big stick, hit him in the head and say, hey, that's full of antimatter. Yeah. Just, yeah, I guess. It sorts um, itself out. But I mean, you know, on, on the flip side, it's kind of cool that like that's a thing. It's like, hey, man, I'm I'm like a, a plucky warp 
hardcore engineer kid with everything to prove, can I like fiddle around with just, I don't know, this piece of equipment that I never would have run into in my entire life unless I was in Starfleet? Yeah. Like, yeah, sure, no problem. Like while we're chilled out, that's fine. <laughs> that's that's the int- that's the cool thing about being Wesley. So he gets to work hands on. Yeah. With his theories, right? Yeah. You know, uh, a kid in his position who's just on a planet might have Look to at go this. Like she just straight up goes in his room. Like maybe he doesn't want visitors. Beverly, chill. <laughs> she uses the medical override. She's worried about him. <laughs> well, I mean, he just showed up. Maybe he took a nap or something. These holes. <laughs> Picture Dalen question there pooping. Pooping Beverly. Ah, <laughs> oh, she can't hear me. Damn it, she's going to see me pooping again. So this is where we realized that, um, you know, Beverly's been punked by her son. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, by basically. a warp core bubble. <laughs> right. she totally, she's totally going to be super mad when she finds out. That's <laughs> uh, so great. Yeah, I just want to see, like, like... At the end, where she gets back on, she's like, oh, mom, I totally got you. <laughs> they had Everybody was in on it. Right, Traveler? Oh, yes. <laughs> I have no other ulterior motives. Yeah, indeed. I, um, I can see a bunch of young engineering students at Starfleet Academy making static war bubbles and be like, ooh, war bubble, no consequences. <laughs> yeah, like like all they do is just like create their own. I guess this would just be kind of like, yeah, I don't like the uh, the hollow deck. There's it's too electronic. I like to do like warp core temperate alternate realities. That's way cooler. Yeah, I was and, into alternate warp core <laughs> alternate realities before it was a thing. And then they like they trick someone into thinking that they're still in the, the warp bubble and like they're not, yeah. so they just go crazy yeah. on Starfleet well, Academy I, ground. I was thinking about that, and I guess uh, I mean I, I, we can we can talk about it now. We can talk about it when it gets there, but like she's got to have like just next level PTSD, right? <laughs> like never like the minute she goes alone and then she sees someone has like this thought of like, what if I'm in the bubble again? <laughs> like, or, like <laughs> what if this person doesn't recognize me? Um, I mean, all of these people should have some level of PTSD for the number of times they've almost died. Yeah, yeah, that's, that seems legit. Um, you know, Will Riker goes to the Texas plane, he's like, is that oil or is that Armist? Oh my god. <laughs> Warp <Yeah>. it down. <laughs> I can't take yeah. another death warp. Get the Texas planet. <laughs> um, he orders like, oh, let me, let me uh, see this new Klingon drink, and it's just like this black ooze, and he freaks out. <laughs> Like, it took two years for Wesley to have the confidence to mess with the warp core without having to worry that he would throw the Enterprise to the other side of the universe. I know, right? <laughs> Jeez. How fickle is this reality? Worf ain't scared of shit, though. Yeah, yeah. Worf's like... And, I mean, um, you know, it's interesting uh, how much uh, everyone... Everyone's just like, yeah, no. What's going on? Like, the, when, you know... Dr. Crusher says, like, hey, look, you know, I'm looking for this dude. And Worf, like, does his protocol. He's like, yeah, that dude doesn't exist. <laughs> and yeah. she's like, no, no, it totally does. Oh, yeah. the, the thing, the, the shit must be wrong. He's like, all right, I guess I'll do a duck by deck search. I, I give Gase McFadden some She does a great little bit there whenever you're like, hey, I have a problem. And someone's like, okay, I'm going to do the most obvious thing to fix it. I'm like, no, I already fucking did that. But it's not yeah. even worth it to tell them. Oh, man, Just, I know exactly what you mean. Gates McFadden, yeah. because like when I have when I have to call tech support, ugh, it's just such yeah. so painful. <laughs> so, um, but there's a little bit in there. Worf is like, 
Oh, where she's like, oh, it's protocol for you to be informed. And Worf's like, yeah, it is. Whatever. Let's get on with it. Right, right. Uh, and then we, here we kind of get more of it. He's like, yeah, listen, not only are we doing like a manual search, we also did like a sensor search. And he's like, oh, well, maybe he's dead. <laughs> Which, I mean, dark, but okay. <laughs> yeah, you guys immediately went there? How dangerous is this ship? <laughs> How good friends are you, Beverly? Yeah. <laughs> Every wall on this ship is either round or coated in fabric. How can <laughs> yeah, you no, die? Right? Like, there's literally no sharp edges. <laughs> did, did he get into the engine room, get lost, went mad, chewed off his own hands and died? I mean, come on, Beverly. <laughs> like, look, look at that stand. Even that stand has bevels. He's <laughs> pulling up the little Enterprise. There's um, literally none. No sharp edges. Yeah, so Picard comes down and like, hey, you should have asked me for permission. And she's like, I did. Yeah, like, and like, he's not even like mad. He's just like, hey, listen, next time don't do it. And he's like, what are you talking about? I totally did this thing. And then Picard's like, oh, dang, maybe it's like someone like an intercepting stuff. That's weird. Yeah. So, and there's so many, like the last thing you expect is that the universe is snatching people out of existence. Yeah. And, and so, you, yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. And like, I, I, I when I was kind of watching this, like in my mind, I was like, oh man, Beverly's getting gaslit by her son. <laughs> like just sent her to an alternate yeah. universe just to like f*** with her. But that isn't really gaslit, right? Because all of these people take her at her word. Like, oh no, she says yeah. something's up, so we're going to do what we can to, to check this out. I mean, if they'd all turned evil and decided to screw with her, it would be gaslighting. But yeah, like, this guy just like to do that, like I guess they would have had to like... Like, oh, sure, Beverly, whatever. Like, kind of be either dismissive or say, like, don't you think you're being a little hysterical? <laughs> I mean, you know, in gaslighting, people try to convince you that the universe has shifted out from under you. Right. Here, the universe is shifting out from under Dr. Yeah, Crusher. literally. <laughs> yeah. Look, see, look, whatever your records say, they're wrong. Like, I don't care what you say, computer. I know what I saw. Yeah. Um. And which I mean, kind of, you know, I mean, it is legit. You know, there's a lot of, I mean, we can, we know from the internet and smartphones that it is very easy to rely on kind of the things that you can Google, but that doesn't mean that everything's right. Yeah. I, I like this episode in that not everyone's read the plot, right? They're like, this could be any other Star Trek mystery, which has a completely logical conclusion. Yeah. Oh, damn. I meant to make a joke when Riker's like, who is on duty when he beamed aboard? Who do you think, Riker? <laughs> who do you think? <laughs> Ooh, let me think. Let me. How many teleporting officers do we have? Hmm. Let me guess. There's Chief O'Brien. Chief O'Brien. <laughs> Chief O'Brien. Oh yeah, and Chief O'Brien. <laughs> Let's consult the flowchart. Is are they going to talk in this episode? Well, then I guess it's Chief O'Brien. Is <laughs> Popular member of the Screen Actors Guild, call Meanie. That's who it is. Bro. <laughs> yeah, I, I like how he kind of does this. Though. I was like, yeah, no, you totally came in here though, totally, and then you were like. You looked around like super weird and then you left. And she's like, whatever, man. And then they, I love it. Then they have this talk and you're like, listen, I think something's up with O'Brien. We need to run a medical scan. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, that is her purview, right? But it is, the irony of it is kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, she's just completely confident. Everyone else is like, yeah, Dr. Crusher, we trust her. She's smart. She's good. We're all on yeah. the same side. Let's just figure it out. Yeah. And like, so. I, you know, I imagine how, like in my mind, the other thing I kind of kept thinking during this episode was, you know, we have, we, everyone has people that, that they see in their lives um, kind of repeatedly, you know, whether they're friends or acquaintances or work people or whatever. Like imagine if one of them just like started telling you things that made no sense. 
Like, hey, go tell John, like, t- to bring the car around. And you're like, who's John? John the valet? Like, there's no valet here. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> like, no, no, yeah. no. It's completely insane. And you yeah, kind of see how the Brian's like, you're, he's like, oh, yeah, you, <laughs> um, trust me, my eyes are fine. He's like, oh, I'm going to be a little more thorough than checking your eyes out, Brian. <laughs> yeah. And we go right into the next step of the mystery where it just gets more insane. Yeah. He's like, okay, yeah, I got to, uh, where are all my assistants? And they're like, yeah, they don't exist. <laughs> I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we've actually seen Dr. Salar before, by the way. Um, that doesn't surprise me, but I don't remember the name, which yeah. also shouldn't surprise anyone. <laughs> she, she was the Vulcan doctor from like season one. Oh, neat. Okay, cool. So, yeah. Um, but yeah, know, like, this... I, like I would, can imagine like, O'Brien under his breath saying something like maybe you should get checked out (laughs) (laughs) because he kind of kind of mad right like he kind of called not mad but I mean he's being called into question and she's like asking for people that don't exist (laughs) yeah yeah you know and and Dr. Crusher herself takes a lot of like okay things aren't quite right and I look like a crazy person yeah but like I'm totally right here yeah, and, um, you know, she even, like, in that, we kind of talked over it a little bit, but, I mean, she even mentions that she gave herself her own, a scan, you know, and, and there are no kind of abnormalities or anything like that. Or maybe it's a different one. I might be... Yeah. Um, Either she does it now or she does it later. Yeah, yeah. But she does eventually do it. And, you know, that kind of calls in the question, like... I'm sorry, one of the card here is like, Worf, okay. check for all that Star Trek <laughs> <laughs> There I go, doing all the manual labor again. Yeah. So. Oh, what a nerd, man. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's 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 kind of neat. It's On the one hand, it's like, haha, nerd. But on the other hand, it's like, ah, that is kind of cool in your nerd circles. I could see that. I like that we're uncovering pieces of the puzzle right. that are going to be important in a different way later. And, like, we know, we know, we're pretty sure we know what's up. Um, that she's the odd one out and everyone else is like kind of chill. Uh, but right now you kind of think like, oh, she's just in an alternate reality. But what the other thing that's kind of interesting about the way this episode is constructed is that how, like, like she's bringing everyone to bear on this problem. You can expect that in the real prime reality, everyone is being brought to bear the minute Wesley's like, hey, where's mom? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, like the, the inverse is happening behind the scenes. Yeah, they kind of show that, um, but we're not really sure when they became aware of that problem. Yeah. Because in this yeah. reality, was he looks up and she's gone. He's like, man, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, which I mean, it's kind of sad when you think about it. Like, oh, mom left again. I guess that's typical. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She's like a quarter Batman on her mom's side. It's yeah. fine. It yeah. That's, that sounds legit. I guess that means like her great grandma was Selena Kyle-ish. <laughs> Something anyway. like that. Yeah, sure. Yeah, something like that. It's either it's a toss up between Selena Kyle or Rachel Gould's daughter. Anyway, yeah. you don't want to mix um, Talia Al Ghul. Yeah, Talia. Yeah, I couldn't remember her name. Um, this is another good bit. I, I really kind of feel like this is just another layer of depth that really nice. He's like. He's like, wait, oh yeah, Riker, I'm just going to be the only medical officer for a thousand people? It's like, what do you mean? There's only like 240 here or whatever. Oh yeah, that's great dialogue where it transitions great from, you don't have staff to, this problem's way bigger than that. Yeah, yeah. 
And they're all like chill. They're just like, oh, yeah, man. no, the entire ship's complement is 2.30. And you're <laughs> thinking like, like at this point in time, I'm like, are they on the Enterprise? Are they on an Enterprise-like ship? Because I'm thinking like, wait, if the complement is 2.30, why the, what's with the deal with the space? And they bring that up <laughs> later, which I'm like, hey, look, me and Beverly are thinking the same things. Exactly. Don't squint at me, Will Riker. <laughs> we'll snatch that goatee right off your face. Take that squint back, bro. <laughs> I, again, it's everyone is so cool about this. And that's what makes this episode like the feeling of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's definitely kind of got that, like, I, I don't know if I want to go t- as far as like psychological thriller, but there's elements of it. Like there's elements yeah. of just, it's very cerebral. The pacing is really good. Um, and how she kind of bounces from different things and she slowly uncovers this mystery, uh, it, it definitely kept me engaged for sure. Yeah. I, th- there's a psychological disorder where you believe that people, you know, are actually other entities wearing their oh, faces. Yeah. Or like imposters or something wearing their faces kind of deal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's what this this episode gives you that feeling like these people, like they can't be themselves or something yeah. wrong with them. Oh, this is where she says it. This is where she's talking about like, yeah, no, I had increased adrenaline, but I mean, that's understandable. People are dying or <laughs> disappearing. Yeah. And then um, and then she's like, like Picard's kind of like, hey, you know, he's not he's being he's still taking her for a word. But he's like, I mean, what else do you want me to do? And she's like, I'll, I guess I'll talk to Troy. And then I really like this talk that she has with Troy. I, it is kind of weird that they have, like, this conversation in the hall. Like, they couldn't have had it, like, you know. Um, but, yeah, she's like, ooh, I got another idea. We need to go back to, like, the star base. And and he's like, all right. <laughs> yeah. And that's... Which, man, if I could have a boss that had that much faith in me, that'd be so happy. <laughs> well, these characters have a history as well. Yeah, that's true. Um, which they they almost touch on, but then they don't. Right. So, I. Um, it it does make sense that the one time Troy is useful, uh, it's in an alternate reality. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. A reality where um, Crusher doesn't know that she's like, hot, like she's apparently Canadian and high all the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, episode, I don't know if whatever. the people in this reality are like Dr. Crusher's version of those people. Yeah. Or like yeah. actual realistic duplicates. Like it duplicated the entire yeah. universe. Yeah. And then it started know. shrinking. This is very like an exorcist, right? Like seeing that like kind of like go into the light kind of portal. It's like, what? Yeah. What's going on? I, I definitely yeah. got like an exorcist vibe from it. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. I hadn't seen the exorcist in like forever. I figured I figured this came after the Exorcist, but I don't know. Maybe this episode are, are kind of close contemporaries of one another. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure know. it was like late '80s, early '90s when the Exorcist was around. Yeah, and that's this thing is '91, I think, somewhere around there. Okay, so so like the the logical conclusion for this is that the vortex is swallowing people up, and we just can't see it. Yeah. You know, and Jordy's kind of, I mean, he's not throwing shade, but he's like, hey, not only, you know, can we not find it, we can't find any trace of it. Yeah. Um, but then, even, but, but Picard takes that in stride. He's like, well, yeah, but Wesley was doing some dumb thing with a warp bubble. Could that be it? He's like, no, not possible. Like, really? <laughs> like, how do you say not possible when you're experimenting with something that you don't fully understand? I mean, that's why you're experimenting. <laughs> yeah. 
you know, everyone has all their technical knowledge, so they must be pretty full copies of themselves. Right, right. Which is interesting. So, yeah, I, mean, I mean, they they don't see anything wrong. Like, and we kind of get, we kind this is this is where we get the first um, the first taste of it, uh, where like yeah, one fourteen, and then she's about to like name drop Worf, and then Picard's gonna be like, who? And you're like, what? Yeah. I mean, in theory, the ship should be getting smaller as yeah. changes to existence retroactively affect it. But it's yeah. fine. The story works. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, and this is kind of what's interesting, though, is that they don't just kind of turn down the dial, the dial on, like, how many people should be here. People that you're familiar with start disappearing. And, and the people that she's interacting with have no logical inconsistency that like none of that makes any logical inconsistency with them like okay well then who is the chief security officer <laughs> exactly. if Worf doesn't exist and they just like, don't even question that like they don't even think yeah. about it she's all like yeah Worf tall guy yeah. chief <laughs> yeah. security I love that she, don't I make love me say she, he's the Klingon I don't yeah, want to yeah. be racist guys I don't want to be racist okay fine he's the Klingon you get it the Klingon <laughs> <laughs> Klingon Worf <laughs> oh, all right, Cleon Wharf. I thought you were talking about Endorian Wharf. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, Endorian Wharf is just so timid. I, I wouldn't think he'd be security officer. This is a good. This is a good conversation. I really like it. Oh, it is. It is great. Um, yeah, because like she's like telling like, hey, look, I have this question, and and like they start off a little combative, but then Troy like totally goes to bat, and it's like, no, that's bullshit. You're doing everything you can. And I'm like, yeah, Troy, get it. Yeah. It's such a great conversation. Um, for what it's worth, it passes the Beckel test. Oh, yeah, but, for sure. Um, it's it's just really great because this is Troy doing Troy's job. It's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like, what if it is just you? you know, so we're a little delayed at to Delarian 4 or whatever. Yeah. I mean, but you're acting in the best interest. That's your job. So what the hell? Like, And it's exactly. like, no, yeah, <laughs> she is doing her job. Yeah. Troy good advice damn that never happens <laughs> yeah I you know they, they've seen weirder stuff than this and they tend to take it seriously yeah and you know I mean it it kind of makes you wonder you know because there are there's a fleet of ships right and so eventually I imagine there's like some sort of gathering of other ships besides the Enterprise where the crew kind of mingles and everyone can kind of peg like the Enterprise because of all their weird ass stories <laughs> Like, like some dude on just kind of like a Voyager class or whatever, because I've heard you talk about that before. Is like, yeah, no, we, we, we did the geology survey and like um, no, no findings. Oh, so yeah, well, we did a geology survey and the, the minerals were alive <laughs> and they tried to kill us. Yeah, it does and seem like the Enterprise is maybe the only ship that has it. But yeah. there are different ways to like interpret that, like every ship does this. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, the Enterprise is just a representative of, like, all the weird things <laughs> yeah. that would happen across the whole fleet. Yeah, I like how, like, I mean, Wesley's kind of being a little shit here, isn't he? Like, he's like, he's like, uh, I think his mom comes in and says, hey, look, I think your, your, like, your experiment has something to do with what's going on. And he's like, well, there it is. He's like, listen, you little shit. You know, and I know, I don't know anything about war travel stuff. But you're going to believe me, or I'm going to put you over my knee and take you out of this world or whatever <laughs> yeah or just wait for it to happen yeah i think um yeah i think wesley here's a mess he's gonna he's gonna be like yeah i've called the traveler and all i could think about is him going oh man i'm wesley crusher i could deal with some back of the van candy that'd be great 
Oh, look, it's the traveler ship. Thank God. Ah, there he is. Yeah, no, it like it kind of weird that it took this long for her to like realize that. Oh yeah, your son could bounce as well. Like yeah. Um, but you know, to her credit, um, it looks like a lot of people are are gone. Yeah, they're dropping. And like at this at this point in time, I thought like Picard became like some weird like other person. Like oh no, <laughs> Beverly, no one no one you expect to see is on the bridge anymore. <laughs> you have come to our universe, fleshling. Yeah. <laughs> right, fleshling. I like that. Um, also, like we have like alarms on, right? Like, which is yeah. kind of weird. Like, if, as far as we know, the only problem is, like, centered around Beverly. So why does the ship have, like, alarms? Yeah. Yeah. It's a good question. Works for the mood, I guess. But that's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I like to think that, I mean, even though the, the, the agents, I guess you could say, in this alternate reality don't see any logical consistencies. Like, they don't fundamentally understand how to keep the Enterprise running. But, like... <laughs> But Gates, uh, but Beverly Crusher does, and so the ship is actually responding naturally to just incompetent people trying to run it. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. why like all these red dots are going off. And yeah, that's a good point. There could be something wrong, like right now. And it's just like, yeah, you don't know what to yeah. do about it. So, um, this, this is, is a woman kind of who has... I, I, I could have done without this. I mean, it's just like like she she kind of tries to humanize them a bit, and but um, I would have been more interested in in like her doing like the Shatner bit where he tries to like catch a computer in a logical loop, like try to do that to Picard. Yeah. She um, gets to that. But I mean, part of, part of the reason this warp field exists is because she loves these people and she's afraid yeah. they're going to leave. And when yeah. she says they're just pinched out of existence, she's thinking about the death of Dalen Quace's wife. Yeah, for sure. Jack Crusher. Um, you know, and then like th- this conversation, right. Where you have this agent you know, that's saying like, hey, listen, um, you need to go. You're being hysterical. <laughs> you need to go to the room. He's like, no, yeah. you're out of order. This whole place is out of order. <laughs> yeah, but she, we really need this moment. Despite the fact that Beverly Crusher has a solid sanity score of 10. Yeah. Like, we need this moment well, where it looks like she's going to slip. Yeah. And like, look. Like, see, look at this. And, like, that that response is, like, such a, such yeah. a, like, agent of the system response. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. it's such a, like, hey, I didn't tell you anything useful, but I believe it, and so it must be true. Yeah, I mean, she's like, we can't run the ship with just two people. He's like, well, we always have, because for him, <laughs> that's completely natural. Right, yeah. Like, I, I imagine his memory people. just keep, keeps getting overridden every time, like, someone bounces, like, every time someone phases out. <laughs> And he's like, well, yeah, we did have yaw for a little bit. Yeah. Look at this. Not a delusion, not a dream. It's a measurable physical phenomenon. Like, there are two ways to look at the world. One where is where you kind of have this internal conviction, and the other where you kind of look externally for validation. And I got to say, she has a, just a chasm of self-reliance. Like, I wish I had oh, yeah. the amount of internal conviction Beverly does, because she is willing to say, this whole universe is wrong. I'm right. <laughs> Oh yeah, no, that's and that's a consistent characterization for her. Yeah. Um, in the moments that we get characterization for her. And that's great. That's a great uh bit for her character to have. Yeah. I kind of like this too. This is kind of a little funny where he's like, okay, he's like, listen, I want to monitor your vital signs in real time. Um 
without stopping. He's like, oh, fine, whatever. And his computer do this thing that the hysterical woman does, and then he vanishes. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's kind of like, if, if you just put a little slapstick in it, it would have been, like, a little bit of comedic timing, it would have been pretty funny. <laughs> because he's the one that's, yeah. like, calling, like, saying, like, she's dumb, but he's the one that doesn't get it. Yeah, there yeah she's going to confess her feelings for him. But then he's gone. <laughs> yeah, and then he never existed again. So, yeah. And she's like, all right. This is interesting, though. Yeah. Like, she she says, like, I must re- I must remember everyone. Yeah. Um, because I, she still doesn't know what's going on. Like, I, I, I imagine she still believes she's... I mean, yeah, she still believes that she's in kind of base reality. Yeah. I, uh... This kind of reminds me of Evil Dead 2 when it's just Ash in the house for the first half of the movie. Yeah. Where it's just one person carrying this whole thing. Yeah, and a, and a creepy portal. Yeah, no, it makes sense. <laughs> and a creepy portal, yeah. <laughs> so, damn the, our plush future. I can't get a grip. <laughs> there are no edges. I can't get a good grip. <laughs> uh, like, even the console slides forward. Yeah, exactly. Like, you can't. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, she, she's got some upper body strength. So Beverly also, um, lifts weights apparently cause she can totally resist while being horizontal being pulled to like a, a portal of some kind. I know I would have slipped. Like I have no upper body strength. <laughs> so, you know, she, she's the Starfleet doctor. They work out. Yeah. And here we get the, this reminds me of Kirk in the opening of Star Trek too. Where uh-huh. like in the simulator in the, the view screen parts and he walks in there all silhouetted. Uh, yeah, but, um, yeah. So yeah, now now the gig is officially up, right? And so you kind of realize now that they have been doing kind of what the alternate versions of them were doing, but towards getting um, towards Will's uh, petition to get his mom back. Yeah. Um, which I assume <laughs> did it? Did somebody say warp core problems? <laughs> it's <a laughs> oh, it's my favorite boy, Wesley. <laughs> But hey, look, it's the Traveler. We remember yeah. him. Yeah. So, I mean, thus far this season, the Borg have come back. Lore has come back. Uh, and the Traveler's come back. Yeah, that's true. Um, and he totally did not engineer this problem just to get some FaceTime with his favorite boy. <laughs> totally not. <laughs> totally didn't. Um, but I gotta say, I'm just not... I'm not really a fan of the Traveler just because... If, when he gets screen time, you know there's about to be a whole bunch of new agey psycho bobble. Like it's all about feelings and what your perspective and other nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Go um, go back to Star Wars, the Traveler. <laughs> using your feelings. We don't like your kind around here talking about the Force and individualistic perspectives affecting reality. <laughs> like in the middle of this thing, is like use the Force, Luke. No, no. <laughs> this this one's Wesley. Tell Wesley to use the force. You yeah, jerk. Yeah, you messed up. You done messed up. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure you can. You can help. Like, I, I imagine like the, the traveler is really just a con man. Like he's just in in the, a very similar vein to Luxwana, who's convinced everyone like she can she can talk her way to any important function just on sheer gravitas. He can kind of like spit enough techno babble to get people to believe that he's like a warp core expert. <laughs> Um, look i don't know if this will help your mom or not but if it fails it's because she didn't do anything (laughs) yeah and i will be your new guardian (laughs) yeah it's all according to plan i love this so uh gates mcfat oh i mean crusher dr structure she is 
telling that she's not crazy and she's falling back on her training. So she's in a survival situation. She's the only one left. And she's like, all right, I'm going to go through everything step by step, reexamine every premise, and we're going to figure this thing out. And I, I love that. Yeah, it's it is so great. Like, I am exclusively into men, but this is some of the sexiest dialogue <laughs> in Star Trek. Yeah, for just sure. Takes everything from first principles and begins building a logical structure upward of what's happening. Right. And it is such a Star Trek episode with that triumph of rationality over um, fear and ignorance. Yeah. And I love how she's kind of given a little, I love how like she like, she gives a little lip to uh, the computer when it kind of gives her some sass. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I, I could see myself doing the very same thing. Exactly. Look, it, here it, it is. She's like, do I have the necessary skills to do that? And it's like, no. <laughs> it's like, then why am I the only one here? And it's like, meh, meh. <laughs> it's like, haha, gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Like, she's still in a survival situation. Like, like you see that little hand wave? That could have totally been like a finger. <laughs> like, just giving the yeah. little finger to the computer. Because we're... Like, we have to humanize her. Because she's doing this very logical process. So it's important yeah. to, to stop and be human. Like, straight up, in my mind, like... She didn't wave off. She didn't wave off with her hand. She gave the computer the middle finger. Like, that's a cannon <laughs> in my head. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, so what? Just anyone on Tau Office C can solve your problem. You tried yeah. really hard not to be racist about Warp earlier, but here you go. <laughs> Assuming everyone from Tau Office C can bend Warp Fields or whatever. Yeah. So he's like, all right, lay new course. And then, like, this is wild, huh? Where he's like, all right, good deal. Let's do it. Engage. He's like, why well, we haven't moved? He's like, oh, well, you didn't give us the coordinates. Yes, I did. Tau Alpha C doesn't exist. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, yeah. just now. Just now. <laughs> we well, had this a, conversation. Apparently this whole ship can just be run by voice. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, um, there's something to be said for being able to have a conversation with a, a mechanism that can accomplish, like, tangible goals. Uh, yeah. You know, so, um, you know, being able to say, you know, like, Hey, do that for me. Oh yeah, but don't don't leave, leave that where it is and just do just dust around it. Okay, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Like as opposed to just let me configure this robot to precisely do what I want, and if it makes a mistake, then it can't reason its way out. <laughs> yeah. I, but again, the stakes keep rising for Beverly, even though we know she's in like a pocket dimension. Yeah. Um, look at this she, going beyond mathematics. Where we're going, we don't need math. <laughs> buddy, let me tell you about math. It's uh, pretty inescapable. It's just, uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, I I don't know who they consulted on this or if they did at all, but I just feel mm-hmm. like they could have they could have done something else, right? It's like, listen, it's it's about the threads and just how you perceive them. And it's the numbers are only the first step, man. It's like we're all connected. Look, buddy, I'm 17 and have never done a drug. And I'm pretty sure you're full of crap. <laughs> Math is everything. Yeah. Like, so. you don't have a lot of hair, but I feel like you're a hippie. <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, but I mean I, that's, look at this. <laughs> yeah, we, we go from this great, uh, you know, reasoning, logical, step-by-step yeah. process with Dr. Crusher. And then we get to this pile of garbage. Like, I, like in my mind, when he said, see past the numbers, I'm like, really? That's the line you went with? How about, like, look at the equation, look at the different parts of the variables and what they're meant to capture. Now, envision what those fundamental principles are supposed to capture and see them in reality. Like that's, that's envisioning an equation, Um, but just see past the numbers. Come on, man. (laughs) 
you're you're totally right about that. It should have been something more intuitive than just make up believey feelings time, <laughs> yeah, which it yeah. is. So they're doing data engineering is... right now. Oh, good. Sorry. No, 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 just make up feelings and uh, yeah. feeling time. This is wild, though, right? Where she's like, all right, if you find her, I'll at least want to see where I'm going. And it's like, oh, fog. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, okay. And then, like, I, I, I don't know if she just asked it. Um, no, this is I mean, the best like, line of the episode <laughs> yeah. where she's like, if there's nothing wrong with me, there must be something wrong with the universe. Yeah. And people use that as like, a, oh, look at this. It's a quote they use for like self-righteous people and like people who yeah. can't accept reality. But like, she's totally correct here. Yeah, no, I mean, um, you know, what is it? Uh, I forget kind of the the logical saying where, where I think it was um, um, Peter Carroll, uh, who I can't remember what um, that was a pseudonym. Um, but when you when you remove. um when, when uh, I can't remember something about like all the logical and 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 whatever when you eliminate true or something I can't remember the quote actually I thought yeah I, I think we actually get that quote in like two or three episodes okay neat yeah so I think they attribute it to Sherlock Holmes but yeah um oh yeah that makes sense maybe maybe it is one of the I think they were contemporaries I might be getting my authors mixed up which is good because Lewis Carroll had had some shady past but here they go like so um th- this is uh. You know, the traveler kind of like work coring Wesley and kind of copying a feel, I guess, <laughs> in his weird kind of foreplay. <laughs> I mean, Wesley's no. basically an adult. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I want to talk about what's happening. <laughs> Just. <laughs> Sorry, all I can hear is hungry eyes. Yeah, hungry eyes. <laughs> all right, then. Yeah. The sooner we can get rid of the Traveler and then never see him again, the better. He's like, you have to meld with me or else your mother's world will collapse. It's like, wow, that's kind of creepy and dark and kind of uncomfortable. It's a little forward. Yeah. I mean, maybe maybe I'm just being kind of racist to Tau Alpha Sea folks. Maybe this is just a weird form of foreplay that I don't understand. I mean, it's probably just this guy. He was on Tau at the Sea, and he's <laughs> yeah, like, hey, he so I have to tell traveling. you, and they're like, we don't want you in this neighborhood. So so here he is, just roaming space. Yeah, she finally gets it now. She's like, oh, wait, yeah. I thought I was in base uh, reality, but I'm not. Um, I'm in my son's experiment because I was able to uh, use the powerful scans of the Enterprise um, to deduce that uh, everything that is being contained in what is the quote universe looks like my son's experiment. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, I like that the computer says, "Yeah, it's a design flaw. The Enterprise is that the Enterprise <laughs> yeah. is built bigger it's than like, the galaxy. The yeah, universe. the design flaw is just slowly phasing out of reality." <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, like understatement of this universe. <laughs> So for a pretty quiet episode, we finally get some action. Yeah, it's weird too because like if you look at the way it's like, I like sh- what shouldn't she like die a lot sooner because oh, yeah. of that yeah. like like the way that ship was actually being consumed like the the bridge would have already been consumed right? Yeah, the graphic is just by seconds. It's moving really fast. Yeah, and then yeah. so like the other thing too was like how big is the Enterprise and the. The computer says, yeah, you only have 14, four minutes and 17 seconds of life support. I'm like, that doesn't make sense. Like, the volume of that room alone should keep you, you know, alive with enough oxygen for a few days. Um, but then you hear, uh, 
Jordy, you know, said like, yeah, we only got four minutes left. So maybe it was like extrapolating like out like how fast the universe is collapsing. Yeah, that sounds about mm-hmm. right. So. Which is, I feel like you could have tied that in a little bit better, but whatever. And so then now, like, um, you know, the Traveler's doing this, like, hand over hand uh, with Wesley <laughs> over, like, how to merge with the warp core technology that mm-hmm. uses touchy-feely things. Technology's a strong word. <laughs> yeah, technology is a very strong word. <laughs> so. I'm glad that Dr. Crusher is finally explaining to us what happened in season one with the traveler because i'm still a little fuzzy on that <laughs> yeah no i mean at least they at least they close the loop on it because yeah. uh yeah no it's it definitely seems pretty creepy even now even now it seems a little creepy yeah and so she figures out like how this universe got created she was thinking about losing everyone the way dalen quace was losing everyone because he yeah. was old but um you know, that was what's going through her head when that flash kind of popped her into this reality. And so everything that she knew was imprinted on this very time-sensitive bubble of reality. Yeah, which confirms that if Ray Stant was thrown into a static warp shell, he would just <laughs> the Enterprise would be filled with a stay-puffed marshmallow man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. Whole corridors of it. <laughs> be a delicious, delicious ending. <laughs> Where are these marshmallows coming from, Ray? I don't know, Captain. <laughs> yeah. I tried to think of like the most um, the most harmless thing I could think of. So, you know, this is like, ah, oh, see, look, my feelings are working. And it's like, no, this is just smoke and mirrors. He's got like a little dude like in one of his legs, <laughs> like with a smoke machine. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those personal hollow emitters, just Yeah. Ooh. Like he's really like around the corner, like, ha, they'll never catch me. He reaches he reaches under the table. There's a giant eject from static warp bubble switch. Just waiting for the right minute to just. This is interesting though too. Like so, she's using the she's using the computer, and the computer's like, "Hey, listen. Theoretically, if my son's experiment trapped me in a bubble, how would I get out? Yeah, I can't figure that out. Use your theoretical database. Okay. Well, in that case, <laughs> since you said that, um, you need to so, yeah, basically like, stabilize with the reality. And you're like, ah, oh, the vortex. Yeah, I should have ran towards the light. That old lady, the old lady with the glasses, right this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So walk into the light. Yeah, it is kind of crazy. The computer can just be like, "Man, I don't know, whatever. Probably a hurricane." Whatever. <laughs> yeah, it's just so weird. Weird, like, and it's it's kind of like, uh, like, oh, I, I, I can't stand being time. asked the same question three times. <laughs> Where the computer's <laughs> like, "Okay, fine. Uh, here's the real answer. <laughs> you saw through me. You caught it." <laughs> like ah but yeah. i like the little nods to the fact that the ship is being eaten by the universe yeah and um how she she doesn't like get sidetracked there she's like oh man engineering's gone she's like i just gotta get closer and here this is where the traveler gets to second base with wesley <laughs> yeah they are close they're becoming one <laughs> and uh if, if i don't if i don't have to tell you what that means in traveler terms <laughs> so yeah. Picard's like, should I be in this room? <laughs> like, this feels very uncomfortable. Like, like that that static that static electricity thing is like a metaphor for an orgasm. You know what? I'm just gonna leave. <laughs> and Beverly, jump into it. Universe is collapsing. No reason to yeah. hold back. Yeah, I mean, at one point in time, when she rounded the corner, I was like, 
what are you doing? Like, just run. But then I was like, well, you don't really know the properties of, like, the hole that goes through reality. Like, you'd imagine it's like a portal, but what if, like, the edge of reality just cuts your leg off or something? You know, like, it's a shard of glass. I mean, you don't know. Yeah. But she gets a new coat out of it, a coat from an alternate universe. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure, well, well yeah, that's interesting. <laughs> a new way of creating matter. Yeah. I like how, like, like the third person that she's interested in, like, communicating with after she comes back is her son. <laughs> oh, Picard, thank you. Oh, the Traveler, were you the one that saved me? Oh, hi, Wesley. <laughs> you know, she hasn't established great parenting skills so far, but, you know, unshakable convictions, this lady. Yeah, unshakable. I mean, you know, you take what... Yeah, every, every parent has flaws, so... Um... And Wesley's really weird, right? He's just got his like mouth open like he's trying to catch flies. He's <laughs> like, super he's tired. Just... He just he just hauled his mom out of a static warp shell. Yeah. Have you ever done that? Trust I mean, me, not, it would make you tired. Not not while giving a handy to the traveler, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess that would be tiresome. Yeah. So there you go. And it's a quick wrap up too. Yeah, yeah. That's nice. And roll credits. So yeah, it's a good one. Yeah, I think so too. You know, I um, my final thoughts on kind of on the uh, on the remember me um, was that uh, you know you mentioned that it was an uh, underrated episode. And I would agree with that. You know, there are a lot of good parts to that. I, I think the only thing that I would have would have changed is just the traveler bits. Um, you can even have the traveler just kind of give me a little bit more effort when it comes to explaining like what's going on. Like, you know, you did all of this work um, about, you know, showing Beverly building a logical conclusion to figure out a problem. And it feels yeah. like some of it or all of it is erased by the traveler. Just feel your way past the equations. Yeah. Come on, man. It's it's like, there's so much structure to this episode. And then it's like, eh, but Wesley has to use his feelings to save his mom. What? <laughs> yeah, for sure. <sighs> really so anyway next week is going to be a legacy all right so um what we get from netflix is a woman in kind of a blue um i don't know if that's spandex or not but it's a onesie for sure it's a cat suit i think a cat suit is is a fair description of that okay and she's kind of got like a the i guess the pompadour that was the kind of butch pompadour that was in vogue at the time fair in enough. the 90s and uh and Worf is in the background. Looks like she's having a conversation with Data at like one of his other stations that he has his his own hotkeys and stuff configured with. Yeah. And this is what we get: the crew of the Enterprise enters into orbit around the home planet of their former crewmate Tasha Yar, where they <laughs> encounter her sister. Whoa! I guess that's Tasha's sister. That's Tasha's sister. Oh wow! Okay. Um, so now we'll get to the bottom of the rape, rape gangs. Yeah, I was about to say, we're going to have to reset our counter on that one. Okay. So, yay. <laughs> yeah. We will see next week, though. Right. Uh, and until then, remember Rand. Remember Rand. Hey, I'll make this short because everyone hates credits. Star Trek is owned by CBS Television Studios and Paramount Pictures. We watch Star Trek on Netflix, we hold our conversations on Google Hangouts, and we record with Audacity, the free audio editor and recorder. All files are hosted on vanvelding.com, hosted by DreamPress, powered by WordPress. If you have any questions or comments about the Beige and the Bold, please feel free to leave a comment at vanvelding.com or tweet at vanvelding. Thank you, and remember, Rand.